Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Pastor James Biddle and Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. Emmanuel Assembly of God, we're thrilled to have you. So good to see uh, so many of you and so many family that are here with our awesome ladies from Teen Challenge Women's Ministry. And uh, yeah, let's encourage those guys. That's that's the reason we're here today. And uh, so good to just see some of you. If you're a first-time guest with us, we just want to welcome you, make you feel right at home. And and if you're in the area and don't have a good church home, we'd love to be uh, on the list that you consider. Uh, we've got a good thing going here. We've got good people, and and God is here, and He meets with us. And we just thank the Lord for that. And and the pastor tells really funny jokes when he preaches. I mean, it's just, it's, you'll have to, you know, yeah, that was funny. See, see, there we go. But I want to just introduce you this morning, uh, Teen Challenge Women's Ministry. I'm sure they'll share a little bit more about what they do, but they help ladies, particularly in our area. There, there are centers for men and it's called Teen Challenge, but it's just not for, for teens. It's, it's for people of all ages. And, and we all go through rough patches in life. We all go through seasons where we may not have made the best choices. I've, I've not made the best choices all my life. And Teen Challenge is there to help these ladies, uh, get back on the path that God has for them. How many know the plan of God is never aborted? We may make some wrong turns in life, but how many know God's GPS can get us back on track? And the plan of God, that's good preaching right there. God's GPS, we, we may reroute occasionally on our own, and God, God, God is good at rerouting, rerouting, rerouting. And this morning, I just sense there's some rerouting going on in this place. So we want to we turn them loose, and they're going to worship with us. And let me just tell you, I don't know the updated stats but it was at one point uh, women who had been through some kind of substance abuse or men who had been through some kind of addiction. And, and how you know, we all battle addiction on some level. Uh, frankly, my addiction, that uh, one addiction I have, honestly, is coffee. I mean, I would rather, like, be kicked in the foot than not have my coffee. Candy, do you feel that? So we all have addictions. Some of these addictions have taken ladies down paths that are just not good paths. And, and so what Teen Challenge does is there's about an 86%, last time I heard, five years after the program, 86% success rate that they're not back in that lifestyle, not back on substance abuse. Come on, can we give God thanks? Nothing else does that. 86%. Nobody else even comes close to that because it's not a 12-step program. It's Jesus. It's a one-step program, and His name is Jesus. And so they're going to share with you about that. They're going to encourage you. And then when they are done this morning, we're going to give them a chance. We're going to give you a chance to sow into them and, and bless them and, and bless their ministry. So who am I turning it over to? All right, let's encourage our sweet lady here that's going to come. Let's give her a big hand this morning. Hello. How are y'all doing today? My name is Courtney, and I'm one of the directors at the I'm one of the choir directors at the Knoxville Teen Challenge. By a show of hands, who in here has ever been affected by a friend or a family member involved in abuse or addiction? And who in here has ever heard of Teen Challenge? Wow. So, just a brief history: we were started back in 1958 by the late Pastor David Wilkerson. He is the author of the book called The Cross and the Switchblade. And in this book, it tells how he came face-to-face -face with cold, harsh realities of addiction. And the truth is, these realities haven't gotten any better. In fact, in today's society, they've only gotten worse. And in reality, 70%, there's been a 70% increase in drug and alcohol problems in the United States since 2009. One in five inmates in the United States are incarcerated for drugs. 
22.5 million Americans abused drugs last month. 2.5 million people die from drug and alcohol abuse annually. And reality is there's been six people who've died in the last 60 seconds from drug and alcohol abuse. And reality is that the enemy comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. You want to know what reality is? Reality is being the victim of abuse at the age of eight for someone you love and trusted. And reality is being diagnosed with a mental disorder and self-medicating to quiet the voices and numb the pain. And reality is attempting suicide and then losing custody of your three daughters because of your unstable behavior. How do I know that was reality? Because that was mine. And reality is leaving your husband and your three kids for a life of drugs and meaningless relationships. And reality is selling your body for your next fix multiple times. And reality is having a gun pointed to your head but being so broken and ashamed of your life that you beg them to pull the trigger. How do I know that's reality? Because that was me. You want to know what reality is? Reality is um, dealing with depression at such an extremely young age and feeling so abnormal about it that you tell no one. And reality is stealing and lying from all those closest to you, including your family business, to numb the pain instead of getting the help you need. And reality is being so terrified to go to school by the time you were in third grade because you got bullied so bad and you got so many death threats. You try to take your own life. How do I know that's reality? Because that was me. You see, we've all, we all have different realities, but we've all been saved by the same truth. Yeah. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, it says, If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, the old is gone, the new is here. The truth is, is I don't even know who that girl is anymore. Yes. The truth is, he is my strength. He's my rock. He's my redeemer. He's my salvation. He is the rock on which I stand. And the truth is, in 2 Timothy, he says that he did not give me a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. And I am completely healed in the name of Jesus. And the truth is, he is restoring my children back to me because he told me to refrain from weeping that my work will be rewarded and my children will be returned to me and that is the promise that I stand on every day Yes. Amen. and the truth is God's love comes with a multitude of sins and he is restoring back to me my family and I will and I am getting my family back and the truth is he has loved me with an everlasting love and he rejoices over me with singing and the truth is the darkness is fading and the true light is already shining because I know that the joy of the Lord is now my strength. And the truth is, He has set my feet on a firm foundation upon which I will now raise my three children. And truth is, my God has completely delivered me from the thoughts and affliction of depression and I live in His peace. And truth is, I might have hurt a lot of people I love, but my God is a God of restoration and He has restored my family back to me. And truth is, I no longer have to carry the burdens of my past anymore because in Jeremiah 17, 7, my Lord tells me, Blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made them their hope and confidence. And I do and will continue to trust in Him. Yes. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. God is spirit. Those who worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, you will know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Yes. Amen. The book then tells how God divinely led him to start Teen Challenge, and out of this one act of obedience, there have blossomed over 1,100 centers in 110 different countries. Our particular center was founded in 2008 by Pastor Jared and Miss Kim Flanagan. We are the Adult Women's Center of Tennessee. We take in ladies ages 18 to 65 who struggle with any kind of life-controlling problems such as abuse, addiction, eating disorders, or depression. Teen Challenge mission statement is to disciple people with life-controlling problems to the point where they can become functioning, contributing Christians in today's society. We know that when it comes to a life-controlling problem, it's much deeper than just an addiction. It's a heart issue. 
Our ladies come into the program for many different reasons, whether their families begged them to, they were court ordered, or just to get their children back. But for whatever reason, we've had a true encounter with grace and mercy, and now we've been changed and forever set free. So as we share in song and testimony, just remember that we might not have the voices of American Idol superstars, but we do have the voices of something much greater than that, and that's voices of true victory. And so at this time, we're going to introduce ourselves, and I'm going to start. Again, my name is Courtney. I am 32 years old. I'm from Laurel, Mississippi. I've been with Teen Challenge for 11 months, and the scripture that I stand on is Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a better future. My name is Suzanne. I'm 34 years old, and I'm from Hohenwald, Tennessee, and the scripture that I've been on the, in the program for eight months, and the scripture that I stand on is Psalms 4610, Be Still and Know I'm God. My name is Jan. I'm from Stockton, California, and I'm 55 years old, and I've been in the program six months, and the scripture I stand on is Philippians 3, 13, and 14. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to take hold of it yet, but one thing I do is looking, forgetting what is behind me and looking toward what is ahead of me. I press on the goal to win the prize for which God has called me to Christ Jesus. Hi, my name is Brandy. I'm 32 years old. I've been with Teen Challenge four and a half months. The scripture I stand on is 1 Peter 5, 6, and 7. Humble yourselves, therefore the mighty hand of God will lift you up in due time, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. My name is Jessica. I've been in the program for two and a half months. I'm from Boone, North Carolina, and my scripture is Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Hi, church. My name's Natalie. I'm 20 years old. I'm from Okeechobee, Florida. I've been in the program 10 months, and the scripture I stand on is Luke 9, 24. If you try to save your own life, you'll surely lose it, but if you give your life to me, you will surely save it. Hi, church. My name's Cassandra. I'm 22. I've been in the program for a little over six months now, and the scripture I stand on is Oh, I'm from Benton, Tennessee, and the scripture I stand on is 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And these three remain, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest is love. Hey, everybody. I'm Melissa. Um, I'm from here in Tennessee in Newport. Um, if y'all don't mind, I'm going to share some of my testimony. Oh, and I'm 28, and this script, my scripture that I stand on is Ezekiel 36, 26, where I will give you a new heart and new spirit. And I will take your stony heart, and I will give you a tender, responsive heart. Um, so I grew up in a normal household, um, my family loving, going to church every Sunday. Um, um, I ended up being sexually abused at a young age. Um, from that, I didn't know what love was anymore. Um, I hid it in my family. You just didn't talk about it. Um, so I didn't know how to express it, express it as a younger kid. Um, so growing up in school, um, I did really well in school. I was a cheerleader all through high school, elementary school. Um, I didn't get in school. I was kind of like secluded. Like I would just go to school and then go to games, come back home. I hung out with my friends, but never really, um, was into the partying life as some kids would go into um, until I got to hanging out with my older sister. She got her own place, and then I'd start hanging out with her. And that drew me closer to older men, and 
and that's whenever I started going downhill from that because that's whenever I started experiencing um, new things that I never never even introduced before um, so I started drinking um, I started using prescription drugs um, that ended up allowing me to go to jail before I was even 18. I got a shoplifting charge at Walmart, and so they put me on probation, and that's what started it all. Um, I was in and out of jail after that. Um, just didn't really care, you know. I was still young. I was like, I still have the rest of my life ahead of me, you know. Um, sorry, I'm just a little nervous. Um so after that, um, I started doing really well. Um, I ended up getting pregnant and I had a beautiful baby girl. Um, she's now six years old and I, I done so good with her. You know, as the best mom ever, I don't know what happened to me. Um, I started, um, getting back around the same people that I had, you know, ran into. That's all it takes is just running into that one person and, um, I started using again, um, different things. Um, I ended up getting my daughter took from me and that's the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, I get that had to be so hard for my parents to do that. But you know, when you're out there and you feel like you're untouchable, that your parents don't know what to do with you, it has to be hard just to sit you down. And, um, they took my daughter from me. Um, when that happened, my uh, my baby daddy, he blamed me for everything. He started abusing me for it. He started hitting me every day for saying that it was my fault that we got our daughter took. Um, I just stopped caring about life. I just stopped caring. I ended up getting a DUI that landed me in jail. And when I was sitting in there, I was like, okay, God, I give up. You know, I don't, I, I hate my life anymore. Um, I've literally drug it into the ground. But, you know, God, he had a purpose for me. I went to court, and they court-ordered me to um, Teen Challenge, but in the Arkansas Center. Um, so last July 18th, I went to the Arkansas Center. And um, God is just so good because he doesn't start something, or he doesn't allow you to not finish anything that he put a good start in you with. Um, so... I ended up going into the Arkansas Center last July. Um, I was there for two weeks. I decided I'm not doing this. I didn't want to do 13 months of this. And um, I decided to leave. Whenever I walked away, my family said, well, you can't come back. You know, tough love is what that was. So um, I asked if I could come back, and the directors allowed me to come back. But within, whenever I left, I had ended up relapsing. Um, and whenever I relapsed, um, it just took that one time and I started having heart problems. Like as soon as I did it, you know, that's all it takes, just that one time. Um, so a month in the program, um, last August 18th, exactly a month, I came home from a fundraiser and I ended up having a heart attack. Um, my directors had to come over. She had to perform CPR on me. Um, I died three times, once at our crisis center, once in the ambulance, and then again at the hospital. Um, I can't imagine that phone call to my parents, you know, saying that your daughter had died. Um, I was in ICU for three days, and God kept me alive. Um, so I ended up, um, from the drug use, I have, um, 
couple heart problems, but I'm good now. I had surgery um, last September. I got a defibrillator, defibrillator placed in, in the program, you know, with no drugs. I mean, yeah, they put me to sleep, but God's good. Like, because I would use that excuse to, you know, take this way out. But, you know, I know he has a plan for me, and I'm doing this for my daughter now. I'm done being selfish because coming through Teen Challenge, it's, it's given me... It's given me the tools now that I know to have that better life with my daughter, to have um, a career. Um, sorry. It's just coming through this program, it has changed my life. It has saved my life, not just here on earth, but eternally, too. Like, if that wouldn't have happened to me, I mean, I, I would go to hell. I would not have went to heaven. And I know today if I would die again in my sleep, I'm going to heaven. I have eternal life. The Lord is so good, and He came after me. I was that one of the 99 that He came after. And just the the sisters that I met here now, because I came to this program now, as you see. I, I came in on Wednesday because um, I'm going to be graduating next month. They just told me my exit plan was approved. So I'm going to be graduating. I'm going to stay on a staff with my new sisters here. And God is just so good. He's restored everything I'm going to have. I'm going to court Tuesday. I'm getting custody of my daughter back. In Jesus' name, my courts, my, all my court issues are going to be dropped because of being obedient to God and in His will. And I will not step out of His will again. And for you newer women, I know y'all can do it. Just hang in there and walk with God, and everything will come back to y'all. All right, thank you guys.
said Teen Challenge has an 86% success rate up to five years after graduation and a 67% up to 20 years after graduation. That is a result of the fact that we are a one-step program and that one step is Jesus Christ. Our ladies start their day early with prayer time, reading of the Word of God, daily devotionals, and praise and worship. Some ladies that have come into our program have never even opened a Bible before, so this not only teaches them to dig into God's Word but also to apply, apply it to their lives. We also firmly believe in the power of prayer because we know that you can't have a relationship with someone that you do not communicate with. We have several different jobs that the ladies will be assigned to. We have the office where they will learn office, business, and communicational skills. We have a craft shed where they will learn teamwork and management skills. We have laundry ladies and kitchen ladies where they will learn to be responsible women of God and good stewards of what the Lord has given them. We also have the classroom where the ladies study the word and complete and test out of 14 different group studies that will equip them with skill for now and for their future. They will also learn and memorize over 250 scriptures by the time they graduate the program. And once they graduate, they get the opportunity to stay and work for Teen Challenge as a full-time staff member and complete a course that will certify them to become a biblical advisor and a certification that to actually be able to teach the group studies. But every day during our busy schedules at 1130, we stop what we're doing and meet together for corporate prayer. And at this time, our ladies are going to hand out prayer cards. During this time of prayer, we don't pray for our needs, but we pray for you. This is something that we look forward to. We love being able to give back to you for allowing us to come out and share. And what better way to do it than to pray? So if you have a personal need or even if you know someone else that may be struggling, we want to pray for them. So if you'll take just a minute to fill out your card and they also have pens if you need them.
And as you get finished, just hold it up and one of the ladies will pick it up from you. If you didn't get a chance to turn in your card, we will be in the back to collect them after the service. And as the ladies are making their way to the front, I would like to share with you the scripture that we have prayed for that best fits this season in our lives. And it is found in 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. It says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light who were once not of pe a people of God, but are now a people of God, who once had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. And in Revelations, it says that we are overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimonies. And we all have a different story about where God has brought us from. And at this time, I'm going to share with you a little bit about myself. Um, my parents divorced when I was about two years old. Um, so as long as I can remember, I was going back and forth between my mom and my dad's house. And within that transition, I never remember being shown any type of love or affection from either side of the family other than my grandmother. So at a very young age, her and I become very best friends, um, and which I was able to manipulate that situation as well. You know, I could go to her for anything. Um, uh, and because of that, I started searching for love outside of the home. And that led me to become pregnant at a very young age of 16 years old. Um, and for so long, I was trying to find an excuse to move out of my mom's house because I wanted to be on my own and I wanted to do things on my I wanted to be an adult. And so when that happened, I used that as an excuse. So I moved out and I moved in with the father of my child. We got married. Um, and at the same time, I was a senior in high school. So I was seeing all the kids around me do what seniors do. And that's party. We all know that. Um, so I wanted to do those things. So I got tired of the mom life, tired of the wife life. And I moved out. I left my child. I left my husband and I moved in with a really close friend of mine. And in her home, it was acceptable to drink and party as long as we went to school and did what we had to do in school, I could do whatever else I wanted to do. But still, I was searching for that love that I had never found, which led me to just settle in a relationship that was very bad from the get-go. I met a man in addiction. We were both in addiction together. Um, he was very physically, mentally, and emotionally abusive to me. Even in front of my son, in front of my family, it didn't matter. But out of that relationship, I have two more sons. And when my son, my youngest son was about two weeks old, I decided that I'd had enough of the abuse and I got my children and I left. And that whole time I was able to hide my addiction from my family or so I thought, but I wasn't able to hide it from him because I was in addiction with him. So when I left him, he got very mad at me. So that opened the door to not only a very long, hard custody battle with my children, 
But that also started, I started finding myself in and out of jail. I've been arrested probably 15 times since 2011. All felony charges, drug charges, um, different things. So it's by the grace of God that I'm actually standing up here able to talk to you guys. I should be in prison. Um, so, I'm sorry, I got off track. Um, I, I wound up back in jail. Um, we went to court. I was able to hide it from the judge. Miraculously, I won custody of my children. Um, but not long after that, I found myself in jail on more drug charges. And when I was in jail, um, their father was able to go in front of the judge and show them what I was doing. Um, so while I was in jail, I was served with papers from the court saying that my rights to my boys had been terminated. So I used that as an excuse to go further and further into my addiction. I turned my back on my family. I'd lost everything that I had. You know, I thought my mom had turned her back on me, so I turned my back on her. I sat in jail for about a year without reaching out to anyone. I didn't even reach out to my own mom. Um, once I got out of jail, I thought I'm going to go all the way. I didn't have my children to go home to. So I thought I was going to go all the way across the map to the state furthest away. I thought if I could get that far away, that I could have a new life. But that's not the case. Everything that was holding me down here just followed me. So when I got up there, once again, I found myself in jail. I didn't have anybody to reach out to. I didn't even know anybody up there. So I sat there for about six months. In my head, I was thinking, well, I'm going to get out and I can go back home. I've not been home in a while. I can go home. I can start over. Once again, that is definitely not the case. Um, as I said, me and my grandmother were very close. So this whole time, I did stay in touch with her as much as I could. Um, but when I come back home, I found myself back in jail. Um, so when I was in jail this time, I was there probably a month, and the jailer come back and told me that my grandmother had actually passed away. She had stage four lung cancer. So I found myself back in that situation to where I had lost everything on the outside. My, my best friend was gone. I still had no hope to get my children back. You know, I was able to go to the funeral. The, the jailer let me go, but I had to sit in the back of the room. I was shackled from head to toe. I couldn't even go to the front of the funeral home and mourn the loss of my grandmother with my family. But you know, we never know when God is going to use a certain situation to make you realize that you have to do something different. Whereas I could have used that as an excuse to get back out there and just do crazy things like I was doing before, but I didn't do that. I went back to that jail cell and I decided I had to do something different. So for the first time in years, I actually reached out to my mom. And in reality, she was praying for me. Um, she actually told me about Teen Challenge. So I reluctantly came in. I was facing 25 years in prison. So, of course, I don't know if anybody's ever been in that situation. I, I hope not. But if you have, um, you know that you'll do whatever you have to do to get outside of those walls of that jail cell. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to change. I'll go, you know. But I didn't know that God was going to use this program to change and save my life, and he's done that. You know, I come in, and I didn't, I mean, like I said, I was just going with emotions, just doing what I had to do. I had no hope to ever get my children back. I knew I was facing all this time in prison. But, you know, I started submitting my life to God and submitting just small things to him, and he started moving big things out of my life. You know, because that's the God that we serve. Um, these ladies, I just love them all dearly. I've seen every one of them come in, um, except her, but I'm getting to know her. You know, and it's just amazing seeing God move in their life. Um, just a couple weeks ago, I actually reached out to my attorney because I am out on bond. I reached out to my attorney, and he told me that if I sent him a letter with my date of completion, date of graduation, that all my charges are going to be dropped. They're not just going to be, yeah. And that's, a, you know, 
that's a lot. And I want you ladies to have the same hope that I had because I had a mess out there, you know. And once you, you know, in Psalm 51.10, it says, Create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit within me. You know, and I've stood on that for a long time. And if you just submit to him, he will clean up everything that you've made a mess with. Everything. Not just a little bit of it, but everything. And, you know, the, the scripture that I stand on is Jeremiah 29.11. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a better future. And that just tells me that he has a way for me out there. You know, no matter what it seems to me, there is a different way to life than what I was living. And I just can't wait for that. So I just thank you guys for letting me share.
So really quickly, I'd like to share with you our Back to Life contribution trifold. In this brochure, it gives you the opportunity to partner with us and become a one-time or a monthly supporter. Just like a missionary needing funds to go into other countries, we're doing it right here in our own backyards. We are pulling people out of the darkness to lead others to the light. And though it may sound easy, it takes so much more than that. So if the Lord has laid it on your heart to partner with us, please see me after the service and I'll get you one. Or you can find them on a craft table. We have a craft table set up back there. Also, we are a nonprofit organization, so we receive no state or government support. Sorry. We also don't charge our ladies a monthly fee, so we fundraise every Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, whether it's extremely hot or extremely cold, whether it's raining or shine, we're out there. But we're not out there just fundraising, though. You see, we get to carry our crosses into businesses, and we get to stand in front of these stores, and we get to be a light in this lost and broken community. It's an honor to be used by God in this way. Like I said, we have a table set up in the back. It's very similar to what you would see on one of our fundraisers. It has lots of different items for sale on it. We have hats, we have shirts, we have jewelry, and we have our wooden pieces. Our wooden pieces are our favorite. Uh, you see, it tells a story very similar to our own. This wood, it starts out as one solid sheet. It's kind of ugly and dysfunctional. This resembles us before we come into the program, considered unworthy and tossed aside by society. But you see, Jesus, he is the ultimate carpenter. He sees our pile of brokenness and says, I can use these pieces for my kingdom and my glory. So he begins to cut us into a beautiful shape. He sands down the rough edges. He covers us with his precious blood, and then he sprays a lacquer on us so we can withstand anything that the enemy tries to throw at us. And then we become a trophy of grace and mercy. So we always encourage you to get a plaque or a cross and let it hang on your wall to remind you of his transforming power, of the journey that we are on, and though it is not easy, it is so worth it. But better yet, let it hang on your wall and remind you of how he has taken you from broken to blessed. This one isn't for sale, though. It's for the pastor and for the church for allowing us to come out and share. Yeah. So we just thank you all for um, your undivided attention, and we just pray that our, our God was rightly glorified today. Thank you so much. Come on, let's stand to our feet and just uh, thank these ladies for all that they did today. Come on, give them a big hand. That was awesome. You guys did. Man. As they were singing, I was thinking, God can take us from ruin to restoration. Amen. He can take us from a mess to a message. Amen. One more time, let's show some love to these ladies. That was so awesome. You can be seated this morning, and we want to take a few minutes and give you an opportunity to give. And then I just have a very short encouragement that I want to share with the ladies. I know they have visitation today with family. Uh, can we encourage all the families that came to support them today? It means so much. Um, uh, but as you heard, they are a nonprofit and they are, are supported by generous contributions. As a church, we support them every single month. When you give your tithe and offerings here, every single month we send them a contribution. And uh, a couple of times a year, try to have them come in and gives us a chance to obey the Lord. So I want to ask our ushers to come this morning. Guys, could you put up the online giving screen? If you're here today and you think, I'd like to give, but I don't have a checkbook. Uh, neither do I. I don't carry a checkbook. Uh, my wife carries one on occasion, but we are set up for online giving. You can text the word GIVE, and it'll help you set up that. Uh, we have an app that you can download. You can go to our website. If you don't want to text to give, our website is EmmanuelAG.com, E-M-M-A-N-U-E-L-A-G.com, and there's a tab that says online giving. There are offering envelopes in front of you, and I want to make sure that... Um, 
Teen Challenge receives everything that comes in for them. So there's some spots here. If you're giving your tithe, normal giving, investing in the church here, put that. But uh, either put it in designated or missions. You can put Teen Challenge, women's ministry. You can just put missions, whatever. Uh, when you give online, there's different categories. You can put missions. We want to make sure that we bless them today in a big way. Luke 6.38, it says, Give and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. It will be poured back into your lap. How many know you cannot outgive God? I knew that you all were coming this morning, and I had my wife in advance prepare our check. Even this morning, I was thinking about it and, and, and just so excited to invest. When, when you invest in the lives of others, God always invests back into us. And so give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. So let's take a moment, close our eyes, prepare heart. Lord, what would we give this morning? We know you've commanded us to give our tithe and offerings into your local body, your local church, to further the ministry here. But, Lord, you also asked us to invest in special offerings. And, God, you give us opportunities. And we don't take this opportunity lightly. We want to hear your voice, Lord. And we, we invest in these women, what they're doing, this program. And we pray that every dollar represents a soul. Every dollar that comes in represents a soul. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Guys, you can serve the people. Leave this up, and if you're not able to do this now but want to do it later, take a picture of that screen, and you can set that up later when you... When you can, real quick, all of our regular folks that are here today, just a few quick uh, important announcements. We have our H2H tonight, our house-to-house. -house. So if you signed up to go to a house-to-house -house dinner, fellowship dinner, uh, see Carrie and Angela wave at everybody. See Chad and Kelly. Chad's got a bucket there. And Kelly, where's Kelly? Wave at everybody. See one of those guys. If you don't know which group that you're supposed to be in, we want everybody to come. If you did not sign up for a house-to-house, -house, you can still come, still be a part of that. Our church is dividing into sections and going to different people's homes today, and it's going to be a great time, and I think it starts around 5 o'clock. So uh, make sure and see somebody today if uh, you're not, uh, don't know where you need to go. Let me just share something with you real quick that I think is going to bless all of our ladies. Didn't, one more time, let's just show them some love. We would just love these ladies. I was praying over you specifically. I knew you were coming and knew possibly some of your family would be here. And I asked the Lord what, what he wanted to, to share and speak to us today. And they, they spoke volumes to me in their testimonies and their stories. So I just want to share, this word will be applicable for everybody in the house, but I think it's really going to bless uh, some of you ladies in the house today. And so let's turn to Luke chapter 6. Today I'm going to talk about building a fabulous future just for a minute, not very long. Building a fabulous future. Why don't you look at your neighbor and say, you look fabulous. Just tell them. Now look at the neighbor that you don't like so much and go, ah, nah, not so much, you know. <laughs> Building a fabulous future. As these ladies can testify to, a fabulous future doesn't just build itself. There's things we must do. Yes, there's a God part, but there's also the human part. Thank God when the human part gets a little bit derailed that the God part can step in. Isn't that encouraging that she's going to have all the charges waived? I'm telling you, nothing is impossible to those who believe. Nothing is impossible. So let's look at Luke chapter 6. I just want to encourage you for just a few minutes. Many of you have heard this, but, but this will be a refreshing to you. It says, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not practice what I tell you. Anybody ever been in that boat? Am I talking to the right crowd today? Notice here in verse 47, it goes on to say, For everyone who comes to me and listens to my words in order to heed their teaching and does them, I will share with you what he is like. So Jesus is giving us an example. He's going to illustrate two, two folks here. Look in verse 48. He says, The first man is, is building a house. 
And it says he dug and went down deep. The thing I love about this program is it's not just a shallow surfacey program, and they're digging down deep. How I many know sometimes we have issues in our life and we have to dig down deep to get to the real issues? We, we like Band-Aid Christianity, which is where we see a little a problem and we put a Band-Aid over it, but Band-Aids is not a healing. That is not a fix. It's just a cover-up. God is not interested in a cover-up. He wants to dig down deep into the root problem. Notice here, the man dug down deep and he laid a foundation upon the rock. That's why I love this program. That's why I love this church because everything we do, our foundation must be on Jesus. Christ alone is our rock. Notice here, he dug down deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, notice it didn't say if a flood arose. Notice it said when. Have you ever noticed in life that storms are going to come? It's not a matter of if you're going to go through challenges and if you're going to go through hard things. It's when. It says, and when the flood arose and the winds, the torrent broke against the house, it could not shake it. It could not shake it. It was unmovable because look at the next screen because it had been built upon and founded on the rock. Now look at verse 49. Verse 49 says this. Do you have verse 49 loaded? Verse 49 says this. But the one who has merely heard and has not practiced what I say is like a foolish man. He built his house on the ground without any foundation, and the winds came and burst against it, and immediately it collapsed, and the ruin of that house was great. So here Jesus is giving us two pictures. He's saying there's a wise man who built his house on the rock, which is Jesus, who built his house, who built his future. I mean, no, your house is your future. Your house represents your destiny, represents your family. And so there's one who built on Jesus and the ways of God and the things of God. And there's one who built on the things of the world. Notice he built on the ground. He built on the earth. He built on the earth systems. And when the storm came, it immediately collapsed. How many of you would agree that your life may have been built on the ground, on the world system, on the world's way of doing things? And when storms come, it's easy to collapse. So I want to just encourage you this morning with what I'm calling some destiny wisdom nuggets. Pull these up on the screen. I just want to, I want you to get this in your spirit. Destiny wisdom nuggets. This is not McDonald's McChicken nuggets. I'm sorry to disappoint you, but this is so good. This will help you. Ready? Your destiny is discovered, not decided. You're not deciding your destiny. You're discovering the destiny that God has planned for you. We don't get to decide our destiny. We discover Jeremiah 29, 11. God already knows the plan that he has for you. You would do well to get on God's plan. You would do well to get on God's plan. You don't choose your future. You choose your habits. What is a habit? Something you do habitually. Something you do daily, routinely. You don't choose your future. You choose your habits. Your habits choose your future. So we can choose habits that will build our house on the rock. So when the storms come, we don't collapse. How many of you watched the news in North Carolina? Someone said they had family in North Carolina. Terrible flooding. We pray for those affected by it but you see certain buildings that are standing and then this little shack or this shed or something is just totally blown over by the water because it can't stand it the foundation wasn't secure notice this here better choices today set you up for a better tomorrow my kids right now are so young they're 10 and 11 years old i'm trying and, and, and the babies don't really get it but the 10 and 11 will hopefully get it i'm trying to teach them that life is connected the choices that you make today affect your tomorrow Better choices today will set us up for a better tomorrow. How many of you would like a better tomorrow? We've got to learn through God's Word to build our foundation on the rock and make better choices today. All of life is connected, meaning maybe the choices you made yesterday got you to today. 
And maybe that today is not exactly what you'd like. You can make better choices today that get you to a better future. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not too late. And tell them, say, if you don't believe me, just ask them. It is not too late. Look at the next screen. I want you to see this next screen. Discipline. Somebody say, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. Hey, no, that's not a dirty word. That was good. Can you do that again? (laughs) On the CD? Discipline. As they make strange sounds on the front row. (laughs) I'm just teasing with you. Discipline is the bridge between goals and accomplishments. We got to cross that bridge every single day. We got to build our life on the rock. Notice this, and this is not just self help. This is getting into God and let God grace in you. The two greatest gaps in life are the gap between knowing and doing and wanting and having. How many of you would agree? That's a huge gap. Knowing and doing and wanting and having. If you close the first gap of knowing and doing, then the second gap of wanting and having will automatically close itself. We can build our life on the rock and foundation of the Lord. Look at the next one. This one is really, really helpful. Look at the next screen. Your consistent choices fold into and formulate your character. How many know your character is is who you are? That's your choices. Then you make choices out of your character. Certain things in me are not even a choice anymore because it's a part of my character. What Teen Challenge is doing for these women is when drugs come your way or situations come your way, it's easy to say no because you folded this into your character. You make choices out of your character. So consistently make the right choice. Everybody in the house that's under 30, raise your hand. Everybody in the house that wishes they were under 30, raise their hand. It's everybody in the house. But especially for those of you under 30, my guys in the back, my my sweet little girl, my sweet handsome man up here, if I could teach you guys anything, please make destiny's daily decision. Make the right decision today because life is connected. Make the right choice today. I love this. I thought I put this on just for you ladies. When the devil reminds you of, of your past, you go ahead and just remind him of your future. You remind him that God has a future for you and God has a plan. Last one right here, and then we're going to look at another verse. A positive picture of tomorrow will get you through negative today. We're building our life on the rock. A positive picture of tomorrow. How do you get a positive picture of tomorrow? Through God's Word. Through God's Word. The other day, I, I was looking out, and it was very, very cloudy. And I was up high, and it was just amazing. I saw all the clouds, total cloud cover. And all of a sudden, on the horizon, I saw the blue sky. And I thought, it may be cloudy now, but sunshine is coming. It may be negative now, but when your life is on the rock and you're built higher and you can see, you get perspective, a better day is coming. Amen? Sunshine is coming. To create a better future, you must become dissatisfied with the present. So let me give you real quick just one. We're just going to look at one. I actually have four facets to building a fabulous future. So church, you got to come back next week. Maybe y'all can get the podcast because I wrote this for you, but we're only going to do one today because you guys have visitation. Let me give you four facets to build a fabulous future. Number one, this is so easy. Are you ready? Read the instructions. I'll never forget a few years ago, my wife and I were trying to put together a little shelf that goes over the toilet, you know, that you can put towels on and toilet tissue in. You know, you've seen, you guys, anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody know what a toilet is in the house? Okay. Are we all on the same page? So we, we're in there working hard. We're putting this shelf together. And all of a sudden, and, and, you know, it's just a little deal. Who needs the instructions? And all of a sudden, we're like, okay, let's put it on the toilet. And then we're like, oh, 
you're supposed to build it around the toilet. <laughs> and I'm like, I can either take the toilet off and set the shelf back there, or, or I can take the shelf apart. And it was one of those jinky little shelves, and it, it broke, taking it apart. We ended up throwing the thing away, didn't even use it. How many know it would have paid us to read the instructions? I'll also never forget, this is this true story. Don't let me build anything around your house, okay? This is a true story. But thank God for YouTube. I'm getting better, praise the Lord. I'm improving. I can build a whole house based on watching YouTube, praise God. <laughs> you may not want to live or put your children in that house, but I could build it. I was so excited. Ava, my sweet daughter's 11, first child, man. We were so excited, and I bought this new crib. We put and spent money on it, and it was so exciting. And I was sitting in the living room, man, just putting this crib together. I was the new dad. Mama's pregnant with a baby. I'm so excited. And my mother-in-law comes over, and she knocks on the door. And we say, hey, come on in. And I said, come look. I built a crib. I'm a good son-in-law. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. Come look at this crib. And she's, she said, well, it's nice, nice crib, James. You, you did a good job. She said, I, I don't think it's going to fit in the room. I said, what do you mean it's not going to fit in the room? She's like, I think you're supposed to assemble those in the room that it's going to be in. I said, no, it'll fit through the door. It would not fit through the door. <laughs> Had to take the whole thing apart and choose joy and have a picture of that crib in the room to get me through the negative of today. Had to take the whole thing apart and put the crib back together. In the room. So if you ever have a baby, put the crib together in the room. He almost, yeah, those things, I mean, you know, it's, you, you almost lose your salvation putting that stuff together. <laughs> but the point is, you, you've got to read, you've got to read the instructions. You know, I've heard it said a Bible that is falling apart is a life that isn't. A Bible that's fallen apart is a life that isn't. We have such a gift in the completed Word of God. The early church did not have the completed Word of God that we have today. We have such a gift in the completed Scriptures. So real quick, I want to give you just three little things under reading the instructions. We just read in Luke 6, Jesus gave us a formula, if you will. Look at the next screen. He says this. He says, come to me, hear my words, and follow and obey. This is what I want to leave you with today. Everybody say, come to me, hear my words, and obey. We make Christianity so hard. We make a fabulous future so difficult. Jesus said, if anyone comes to me, and he hears my words, and he obeys. He's like a man who built his house on a rock. When the storms come, he will not fall. We make it so complicated. Ladies, ladies, to, to, to shape your future, all you have to do is come to Jesus. That's what teen challenge is. In the Greek language, this, this tense, we can't see it just reading it, but it's continually coming and coming and coming and coming and coming. Come to Jesus, come to Jesus. Look at Matthew eleven twenty eight. This is for you in this house today. Matthew eleven twenty eight. that's 19. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and all you who carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Say that with me. I will give you rest. Jesus said, come to me. So if you do not come to Jesus and bring your burdens to him, he cannot carry them. So how many of you have burdens in life? How many of you are liars and didn't raise your hand? <laughs> come, come to me, come to me, come to me. You know what? I, I, this, this never gets old with me. My kids right now are on the stage where they want me to tuck them in. And sometimes I'm laying there and I'm like, I could really stand to not walk downstairs now and do that. But you know what? They keep coming. They come back. And I'll say, well, I'll come down in a minute. And you know what? If I don't come down in a minute, they come back up and say, hey, did you forget? Would you tuck me in? Uh, and, and so I'll get up and say, yeah, I'll, I'll go tuck you in. Because I know one day they're not 
maybe, gonna, you know, when they're 27, they may not want dad tucking them in. That's a little weird, you know. <laughs> Tuck yourself in. <laughs> but I, 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 I kind of look for it now at nighttime. And, and even though inside I'm like, I really got to do this again. There's something in the inside that's very happy for me when they come up. And there's something on the inside of me that just tugs in my heart when they say, Dad, would you come tuck me in? I don't kick them down the steps and go, you dirty rat, I tucked you in last night. I'm not doing it again. I'm hoping they come to me. Jesus is hoping that you come to him, come to him. That's what this program is doing. I'm coming to Jesus. I'm coming. Ladies, when you get out of the program, you're kind of in a Christian bubble right now. And you're kind of in like everybody loves Jesus that's around you except the people you make mad at Walmart. Other than the people you make mad at Walmart, everybody around you, you made somebody mad at Walmart. She's like, that's me. Praise God. I need prayer. Other than everybody that you make mad at Walmart, you're everybody right now, you're in a saturated environment of the gospel. But one day you're going to step outside of the doors of the program. Don't forget the most important thing this pastor could ever teach you is continually come to Jesus, come to Jesus, come to Jesus. When we are weary is when we should come to the Lord. Well, I'll get my life cleaned up and then I'll come to Jesus. No, no, no. All you who are weary. It doesn't say those of you who have everything right and everything's going well. When should we come to Jesus? When we're weary. And, and all you who carry heavy burdens. Have you ever carried something heavy? Anybody in the house? And what's it? It's awesome. You're carrying something heavy and somebody walks up and says, hey, let me help you. Man, you're carrying stress. You're carrying your family. You're carrying your job. You're carrying a heavy burden, a weight, maybe past failures. And Jesus comes and says, let me help you. Let me come alongside of you. Let me give you rest. The next one is here's words. Proverbs 4.20. Here's words. Come to Jesus and here's words. Anytime you come to Jesus, he's going to speak to you. He's going to speak to you. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 20 says this, My son, listen to my words and be attentive. Incline your ear to my sayings. Let them not slip from your sight. This is his words. Keep them within your heart, for they are life. They are life. Somebody say they are life. Keep the word of God in front of you. Come to Jesus and come to Jesus through prayer and through worship and through Bible study and through meditating. And then hear his words. What's he saying to you? His words are life and health to all their body, all their flesh. Verse 23, with all vigilance, with all diligence, guard your heart. Watch over your heart. How do we watch over our heart, ladies? Come into Jesus and come into Jesus. Hearing his word, hearing his word. And his words are going to be love over you. His words are going to be affirmation over you. His words are going to be words of destiny over you. Because out of your heart flows all the issues and it springs forth of life. So obey here. It's pretty easy. This isn't hard. And then obey. I mean, it's easy to come to Jesus. It's easy to hear. It's another thing to obey. Remember Jesus said, those who come and hear and obey will be like. Look at John 14, 15. Jesus said, if you love me, then you will keep my commandments. A proof of our love for God is that we keep His commandments. God's commandments are not to harm you or push you down or cut out your fun. God's commandments are to help you and help you build a fabulous future. Last scripture, we're going to pray and let you go. James 1.22. We come to Jesus over and over again continually, and we hear His words, and then we obey. We follow. Don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourself. My last point, and I, we'll get to it next week, but I, I just want you to see it. Pull up point four, because this is real spe special for these ladies right here. You'll have to listen to the podcast next week, ladies, for point two and three. Church, you'll get it next week. 
This is what the Lord put in my heart for you guys. Building a fabulous future. We're talking about building a house of wisdom, the house that wisdom built. Are you ready? Everybody in the room, ready? Don't build your house alone. You ran from your family. And understandable what you were going through. But you came back because you can't build your house alone. You may, you may want to leave the program tomorrow. And if you do, you're going to be standing out with a hammer and nail. And then you know, make a little bit of progress by yourself. But man, a whole team, they just built two Habitat for Humanity houses over here in like two weeks. One day I came over here, there's nothing. Next day it's like, there's two houses here. It's like, how did that happen? They were building with a team. Don't build your house alone. Listen to this wisdom. You can't build a house in the storm. The guys in Florence right now, Hurricane Florence, they can't. It's not time to try to board up the windows when the hurricane's coming down and bearing. You have to do it in advance. Do not build your house alone. The scripture I want to show you here. Let's see which one I think the Lord would have us say. Right here, Hebrews 3.12. Bruce, if you'd come up and help us. Be careful then, dear brothers and sisters. Make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving, turning you away from the living God. Look at verse 13. You must warn each other. We must warn each other. Never build your house alone. We must warn each other while it's still called today so that none of you will be deceived by sin and your heart will be hardened against God. Look at verse 14. And it declares, for if we are faithful to the end, trusting God, just as he firmly, just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all that belongs to Jesus Christ. Ladies, do not build your house alone. You need a family of faith. You need a church. You need to bear one another's burdens. We need to come alongside each other. Amen? So we can build a fabulous future on God's word. We can come to Jesus, come to Jesus, hear his words, hear his words, and then we can obey. And then don't build your house alone and in isolation. Do it as a team. Do it as a community of faith. Amen? Hope that helps you today. Did that bless you, ladies? Hope that helps you today. Can we pray for just a moment? Let's close our eyes in this place. Jesus, we love you. Thank you that you, with your word, we can build a fabulous future. By your grace, we can do what you've called us to do. Thank you. Faith is released in this room to help us do this, God. We surrender to you today. And we just cast all of our cares on you for you care for us. Every head bowed, every eye closed if you can. If you're in this house this morning and maybe your future right now is not one of believing in Jesus. Maybe right now your future doesn't entail a home in heaven. Our sister said she knew if she died tonight that she would go to heaven because she's received Jesus as her Savior. If you're in this house this morning and you've never given your life to Christ and you do not know tonight if you were to meet your maker, would he say, well done, thou good and faithful servant? Or would he say, depart from me, I never knew you. You see, all you've got to do is in your heart come and surrender to, to Christ. Ask him to forgive you of your sin, the sin of rejecting him. And then he will give you words and you begin to walk through and obey those words and you can receive God's grace. You can enter the kingdom of heaven today. And if you die tomorrow, we know that your home will be in heaven because you've surrendered your life to Christ and He's forgiven you and cleansed you of your sin. If that's you in this house this morning and you want a fabulous future and you want to say yes to Jesus today, would you just slip up your hand right now? Anybody in the house say, I'm going to say yes to Jesus today. I'm going to surrender my life to Christ. 
How many of you in this house say, Pastor, I want to make a new, fresh commitment. I have a house built on the rock, but I want to add on. I want an addition to my room. I want to continue to build my house on the rock, which is Jesus. I want to apply wisdom principles and build my family on the rock of Jesus. Would you slip up your hand if that's you? Many of you say, I'm I'm making that commitment today. I'm making that commitment today. Amen. Ellie, would you would you come up here? I don't want to put you on the spot, but I want to I want you to pray for the ladies. Uh, so let's just stretch our hands over our ladies, and I want to ask Ellie to come up. And when she's done, we'll be dismissed. Ellie, I just want you to pray and speak a blessing over these ladies. Ladies, would you join hands? All the ladies in the Teen Challenge program. Ellie's going to pray over you and bless you. Congregation, if you'd stretch your hands this way towards all of our ladies, we're we're praying destiny. We're praying freedom. We're praying deliverance. In Jesus' name. Lord, you're amazing. You're incredible. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you for your word that is so powerful, God. And your word doesn't just stand by itself. It comes to life in us, God. So thank you for your word coming to life in this ladies. God, and I declare that that will continue, Jesus. Lord, what you've done in them, their desire, their thankfulness, God, I pray that all of us would have that thankfulness, God, that desire to be yours and only yours, God. So I declare that this victory continues no matter how many months they have been there, no matter how many months they have left, God, that victory will continue, Jesus. I pray that they will come to full completion, like we're getting back to their family, getting back on their feet, Jesus, because you are good, God, that we will go and tell everyone that it's because of you, not because of us, but it's because of you, Jesus Christ, what you're doing in their lives, God. We pray that it will be done in all of our lives in the areas that need to be taken care of, God. Lord, I pray for your blessing. I pray for your power. I pray that this will go into all of their families, Jesus. I pray for the strength that only you can give that will be in their lives, God. Thank you for your victory. Thank you for what you have done already and what you will continue to do. We give you glory because it's all you. We love you, Jesus. Amen.